0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Borellis.
1: Hi, I'm Patty Lepone. This
2: is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Ah. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Oh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become?
0: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
1: Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know
2: what they say...
3: We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hey, podcast fans, it's your pal Jimmy here. Uh, Spoiler alert, today we are talking about Dave Malloy's whiskey-infused song cycle extravaganza, Ghost Quartet, which, if you've ever listened to before, you'll know has more twists and turns than the Minotaur's Labyrinth. And while Tommy and I uh, search for the centre of the maze, uh, we get pretty deep. And as such, this podcast is split into two parts. Um, This is side one. And if you hadn't guessed already, this is the one to listen to first. If you did guess that, 10 points to you. Um, Also, I say this in the episode, but... Uh, of all the shows we've talked about, uh, you really want to listen to the cast recording of this one before diving into the podcast. Uh, or you could listen along. That could also be fun. You do you, you know? Uh, either way, grab a whiskey and let's get spooky.
2: <laughs> yes. Ta-da! Boom. It's like magic. I,
3: I did some sort of, like, Liza arms there. I was doing the Liza <laughs> arm shake.
2: So, uh, uh, Liza so Minnelli get, elbows. Giggled. That was a joke that I have put on Twitter and some YouTube descriptions for a thousand mm-hmm. years that I don't, that, like, one of my friends said at one point, and I don't actually remember <laughs> why it was originally funny. Do you have jokes like that in your life? Probably. <laughs> yeah. now, the height of comedy it will always be Liza Minnelli turns off a lamp. Oh, I don't know. It is, well, neck knew it. I don't know. There must be a pulley or a switch or something. Pow! Remember that?
3: So good, <laughs> absolutely brilliant, like genius.
2: Oh, so funny! And I
3: feel only only applicable, yeah. to musical theater gays.
2: Only like there, you know, are like thirty people in the world who appreciate it as much as we do.
3: <laughs> exactly, and they my all, friend, all, my all listen Marnie. to this
2: podcast.
3: <laughs> Literally, they all do. Um, <laughs> Yeah, my friend Marnie has on the back of a hoodie with a Fossey neck to it, and I
2: really oh, support
3: that. That's, I support that. That's good. Add it to the merch store. Yes! Sorry, Marnie, <laughs> I'm stealing <that. laughs> I am stealing that. Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, the only musical theatre podcast with grace notes and grape notes.
2: Ooh, uh, nice do we taste like grape?
3: <laughs> You're damn right we do. Have you tasted yourself recently? Don't
2: ask me that question. That's in a personal
3: question. Case. That's a personal <laughs> question. Um, but probably tastes like grape.
2: Probably. I, I could, I'd be okay with that.
3: But just like notes of grape, Those notes. Notes, notes
2: of grape. We'll, it's there. It's in the
3: background. It's yeah, in the exactly. the, the mouth go, feel.
2: mmm, grapes. Grape
3: do it all the time anyway um speaking of what are you drinking today sir i mean there's only like four choices um literally four i wonder which one you'll pick
2: uh probably jameson interesting
3: yeah interesting choice
2: which would you pick
3: like a villain please I'm a scott
2: uh i guess that makes sense i just don't i don't like whiskey or brandy enough no i
3: hate it
2: then don't buy the expensive stuff that's the thing have you had jameson this is just a thought I had. I don't Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Have you? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a Tennessee whiskey. Um, but I don't right. think it has made – I I bet you it would be more difficult for you to come across. Um, I don't know, though. It's, this is Scotland. That's true. <laughs> this is the land. This is the
3: land of whiskey. Um yeah, no. Like, I mean, like, if it like, I I don't know. Whiskey's fine. I love smelling it. I would smell it forever. Yeah, but it dare not pass my lips.
2: No, it's it's that burn. Yeah, I will. If I someone that if burn. someone pours it for me, I will drink it. Um, uh huh. And and don't get me wrong. I can appreciate the difference between like better whiskeys and worse whiskeys and like t- you know taste the notes and all that. Like I yeah. can. I just don't enjoy it.
3: Yeah. Exactly. I can do like I know when it's PT. Yeah. And that's about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, what the hell are we on about?
2: Uh well I can tell you in the form of a quiz question. Are you ready? Oh, please do. Yeah, I'm so ready. Which musical features metallophone, accordion, auto harp, air who, and ukulele in its orchestration?
3: Got love an air who. It could only be This is Ghost. Quartet side one track one I don't know <laughs> Now I don't know now I don't know but I've been told but I've been told that's true of everything, everything I think
1: I know everything I think I know, I, think I, know. And I don't know that I don't know but Told. But I've been told, yes,
3: I've been told. You asked for it.
2: And the we... Army
3: Arts and Crafts of <laughs> Sorry, that's, the, that's that sponge lady. Remember I told you about that sponge lady?
2: I have since watched the sponge lady, since we talked about Good. the sponge lady. And I Good. understand.
3: Well, at one point she says, you asked for it. And I feel that's applicable. The
2: Ghost Quartet, widely widely requested. Probably doing no small part to our relationship with Natasha Peer in the Great Comet of 1812.
3: Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, indeed Oh,
2: Jimmy, I think we should let people in on, uh, because it will become apparent as we progress through the prodca- podcast. Do you know the first time I listened to this musical?
3: When was it, Tommy? It
2: was three days ago.
3: Gasp! <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's fun. I think that's really fun well, because uh-huh. we're working from both sides of the we coin are. here. How
2: long have you been listening to Ghost Quartet?
3: for about three years. When did we listen to Comet? Three years ago. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. Okay. For
3: about three years.
2: Yeah. So That's well, nice, isn't it? It'll get hopefully a balanced perspective.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um so hey uh Ghost Quartet it premiered in twenty fourteen at the Bushwick Star. We're talking off Broadway again. We're mm-hmm. we're in the backwoods. Um and then it moved over uh, to the mckittrick hotel for a bit of a revamp and the um, mckittrick hotel
2: and- is home of the long-standing <coughs> sleep no more experiential macbeth retelling exactly it's a perfect it's haunting it, it is it's a, a chilling a, place a haunting haunted venue perfect for ghost quartet uh, it absolutely and it, is and then it toured including to the Edinburgh fringe where jimmy you saw this show
3: I did. I did. My dreams came true. And I saw it with the original cast, kind of the only cast. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was mind-blowing. I'm sure I'll share experiences as we go through. Um, but yeah, wasn't expecting it and was very pleased that it happened. It was in um, Payne's Plough, which is huh. a beautiful sort of in-the-round theatre okay. in a proper circle. Perfect. You know? Yeah.
2: Um,
3: and it was... Really magical. Yeah. Um, and the UK were being spoiled with the Ghost Quartet because it's coming back to us again in October, but
2: uh-huh. not with the original cast. New cast, which is an interesting because this is such a, I think, maybe even more than any other show we've talked about, such a cast dependent show. Um, totally and like a cast developed show and was written for and by everyone who was in the yep. original production um yeah so new cast we've obviously
3: we've we've done now here this and we've talked about title of show we've not yeah. done it um but you know th- it's a, a similar vein and it's yes. very much grown from these people and the people are playing yes in some ways themselves yes um and when you take it out of that context it's Different.
2: it's different for sure and even more so than the title of show uh uh duology what do you call two pieces in a like a trilogy but with two um uh, ev- i don't know That's whatever a good that question. is uh, duology duology even more than the title of show duology this show yeah, is also written for like the instrumental talents of the cast which are wide and varied um yes and yeah but super specific <laughs>
3: exactly when your cast orchestrates your show yeah um, that obviously puts you into quite a niche
2: <laughs> right yeah <laughs> do you know cast, what I mean? it's quite tr- tricky
3: to find someone for,
2: casting for bearded male who plays cello and air who uh, yeah
3: exactly not to um, mention everything else who can do extended vocal technique plus metallophone
2: right you know auto tricky. harp and ukulele or i don't know what the combos are but uh, yeah it's tricky yeah, it'll be interesting i will be fascinated to hear how the new cast does i'm sure it'll be fantastic because show.
3: yeah i think um when we round things off i'd like to speak a bit about other productions of For it sure. because they do exist it's yeah. in the amateur world um and it's different yeah um yeah so how could people hear this, Tommy? Well,
2: there are two recordings, the studio recording and, uh, recording recorded live at the McKittrick hotel per yes, Jimmy's or. recommendation. I listened to the McKittrick recording first. Um, yes. and I recommend that to people who haven't listened to this show. Uh, um, yeah. I think that's yeah. the experience to go with. It captures a little bit more of what is a, a both a simple and complicated show.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can be simple. Yeah. It can also be complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Like, the, then the live recording, nothing's cut. Right. In the studio recording, quite a lot of the scenes, yes. are cut. Yes, or things are, you know, kind of snipped down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think the live recording's a really good one, just to be like, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. And then the studio recording, you can just hear it all a bit more.
2: You can hear it all a bit more, and you know, it's it's dense and like this is if you this is a recording you'll want to listen to more than once anyway. Oh, good gravy! Um, yes, but absolutely. is well, I'm sure we'll talk about it
3: exactly um because where do i don't even know where to begin uh just de- <laughs> de- describing uh what this is all about wait because it is re- it's really difficult
2: i can do this i can describe this show i don't like go for you, it you put it here in our show notes and this is like the publicity summary for this show uh, yes a song cycle about love death and whiskey a camera breaks and four friends drink and four interwoven narratives spanning seven centuries i don't like this summary um I, I it because i don't think it adequately describes the show but this is also a show where you know you get so deep into the plot that you reach a point where you say just go watch it and maybe you'll understand it better but exactly. even if you do watch it you might not understand it any better
3: yeah yeah um so wait how would you describe it you said you could do this uh or is that your description
2: no my description go watch it <laughs> uh, yeah go watch it no uh Ghost Ghost Quartet is a dreamlike song cycle ghost story, um, with one solidifying plot line that pans out into four or five plot lines, depending upon you on how you count it. All told by ghosts of the same character. You could use some proofreading, but interesting because this is a thing I have so. I felt like because I knew this was going to be a bear, no pun intended, going in <laughs> trying to sort out the plot of this thing. Um, yeah, and actually, by like listen two or three, I was pretty confident that I had most of it. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you you like go online and you are like, what am I missing? And there are all these. Have you ever seen, You don't watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, do you? There, no. there is a, a, a memeable clip from that. Uh, where one of the characters is working in a mail room and is like, I've unearthed this conspiracy, Pepe Silvia and has one of those like crazy that's, board yeah, walls. Yeah, that's the guy doing yeah, this. With like all of yeah. the all of the uh yarn things. Every explanation of the show yeah. online looks like that crazy person board. And I don't think okay. it needs to be that complicated. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's a there's a main storyline um that exists somewhere between uh, that is basically these actors telling their story. It is it is these four friends storyline, um, and that is that is the the limbo that we kind of live in. The hub yes. of it all is what the genius annotated lyrics call the two sisters storyline, where uh-huh. a spurned sister wants to get revenge on her other sister and goes to a bear uh, who sends her on a quest to get four things. Um, those four things are Jimmy. Um, One pot of honey, Uh
3: one piece of stardust, uh, one secret baptism, and a photo of a ghost.
2: And this girl ends up kind of... Traveling through time and space, both forward and backward, to retrieve these things through three other timelines: one loosely based on Edgar Allan Poe's *The House of Usher*, one yep. a contemporary story of a uh, murder that takes place on a subway, um, and one uh, an ancient recontext- or a recontextualization of the ancient story of *Arabian Nights* or you know the yes. tale of a thousand and one stories. Yes, um, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> It's not that hard.
3: Easy as that, right? <laughs> um, no, I think in terms of in terms of what's happening, mm-hmm. you're totally right. Um, and I think uh, the only thing I would counter with is I don't think there's a pl- like I don't think there's a plot. I don't think there's a beginning, middle, end.
2: Yes. Well, and also, I, I mean, they say in the beginning, you know this this is a circular. This is a, a circular, circular story. story. Exactly. I I also think, and. I don't know. This is something I feel more and more about art the more I delve into it. Yes. Uh, And I think my opinion has changed on this, even since we've started this podcast. I think you can enjoy a piece of art without having fully, completely understood the intricacies of its plot. 100% with you. And And I think that's so important. Yeah. I mean, like, and this is is why people struggle going to, like, art museums and looking at paintings. Like, you can look at a painting and enjoy it and not have the full contextualization of it, and that's okay. Totally,
3: totally. Um, yeah, uh, I want to. Cu- I want to come back to that point. Yeah. Um, about a sort of appreciating art and uh, getting deeper.
2: Yeah, for sure.
3: As as time goes on, because you've been listening to us for three days. Yeah, I've been listening to us for three years. Yeah. Um, we will have completely different. We'll have totally different relationships this. with the yeah. show exactly. Yep. Um, but certainly, as your starting point going in, uh, that's that's your that's your bread and butter yeah
2: and and worth it, like if you've listened to if you haven't listened to it yet, of course, worth listening to it before you continue with this podcast
3: i completely I completely agree. I think this is it's almost like here's your how to for yep. this podcast yep. um, listen to it once, listen to the live, once start to finish. Come back and then listen along.
2: Yeah. And we'll tell you all about it. Which. Exactly. We should start right now with Side One, Track One. I don't know.
1: I've got a thousand one stories. Someone that I used to be Or someone that I will be Or
0: someone that I am right now
3: I don't even know how to begin
2: (laughs) Stop And it's true It's true And and I'm worried Of
3: everything I know
2: (laughs) I'm worried that this is just gonna become us Like just reading all the lyrics out loud I mean, in many ways, that would be entertaining How some. do you, How do you feel about I Don't Know as a introduction song to a musical?
3: Um, I think, it, it, for me, it kind of goes in two halves, Okay, the song itself. Um, I think you've got the first half, which is, is, you know, it has been like, there's lots of, I don't know, uh, I've been told, it, it kind of winds around itself. Yes. Right? There's lots of just... I don't know. So there's, there's confusion. It's outlaying that, I think, at the start. Mm. This is going to be... There's like questions.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Right? And it's very, very simple. Um, then, I think, as the song goes on, mm. it very quickly starts to introduce the themes.
2: Yes, and it, and it throws themes. This show does a really good job of tossing in themes before... Like, explicitly throwing in a theme before it becomes relevant or even contextualised.
3: Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Um, because as the song ends and it starts to talk about um, when I was a child, I used to play long ago, that's not me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now I've read The Subway, I keep my head down. Um, this idea of there's definitely a, a transition mm-hmm. going on somewhere. There is a past and there is a present.
2: Yes, or that, and it's
3: the future yeah that is in question
2: yeah i uh, i mean i would even call that in because this the, because it's a circular story but yes yeah we are we are acknowledging the fact that like time is both important and un, time is a theme in this show it's importance or yep. not um, for sure i think um yeah
3: as, as we go through it because i've got I've got ideas and feelings about uh-huh. the show that I'd like to present to you. Okay. Kind of as we go through it. Sure. Um, and for me, just, I don't, I, I don't know, sets it up as a very nice, big old question mark. There's no, you know, here's your character. Here's right. your exposition. right?
2: Where, you know, one-to-one comparison, um, uh, the opening number of Great Comet is yes. much more didactic and explanatory um and sets up the characters this this song very much sets up that like this is gonna be a confusing story come along for the ride um yes don't feel like you need to understand it all i I don't know but i've been told you know i've here's a thousand stories every single one of them's a lie let me tell you one um yep and that this is just gonna be a night of storytelling it is interesting to me and i think when we get at the end of side one uh any kind of dead person that uh-huh. although the like perhaps the one thematic titular uh, uh, concept through this whole thing is the idea of ghosts and existing through other beings and like transferring that spirit that yep. is one theme that seems to be pretty absent I guess there's where's my ghost in the mirror um, but it, it, it is certainly minimized in this opening number for how prevalent it is in the rest of the show um,
3: let me go back to the lyrics. Um, yes, because, it, it, see, it's, it's interesting you say it's about ghosts.
2: I I wouldn't say it's about ghosts. I would say... Not about, like, ooh, right. spooky! Well, like, but it is no. kind of about that, too. Um, but I think um,
3: it, it kind of uses ghosts, or this kind of word ghost, or the idea of ghost spirits, um as a, uh, like, in Pokemon, like, you play Substitution, and yeah. the little doll comes out. There's literally a word for that that isn't coming into my head, but that's what I'm picturing right now. It's the kind of, the smokescreen, almost. Yeah. For what ghosts mean. Um, because, yeah. as we get into it, uh, you know, Dave Malloy doesn't believe in ghosts.
2: Right. I, I mean, I think this, this entire concept this entire album is an exploration of what a ghost would be if you are Dave Malloy of a concept that the English language does not have a word for, but the closest we can come to is ghost.
3: Yeah, that's nice. That's very nice. Um, but I think what I don't know talks about is it is a human thing. Like it's talking about these very human things that we can all relate to regrets, uh, being stagnant Mm -hmm. and not having a clue
2: yeah sure yeah
3: yeah i mean so it's just i think it just is like here you go yeah welcome um and then also just from a a sort of musical perspective Mm. um everyone's singing and everyone's playing instruments yeah so you're you're in the world very quickly.
2: yeah, and it sets up the spirit of the show like in the same way yep. um you know monsters Inc um the Pixar movie I do famously did not start with the opening jazzy credits scene with all the doors, but ba but ba but but, instead started with the like you know uh. Uh, monster coming into the kid 's room, and it 's really spooky yep. and then, oh, he screwed it up, oh right, and you realize that there 's this world of monsters, but because yep. it's, it started with this weird tone of spookiness, the entire film from then on didn 't land well that um, you know you hear the story time and time again, and a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, even in great comment. Yep. like if you don 't yep. have the right opening number to set the spirit of the thing, the rest of it dies, and this exactly. show needs a bouncy inviting somewhat tongue-in-cheek number to set up the spirit of it otherwise you're going to get mired in some of the gothic grim uh uh content that it talks about but yeah not be able to make wrap your mind around the spirit through which it wants to talk about some of that content
3: yep and to me this is this might be a metaphor too far have you, you you've never done sleep no more have you
2: no I have met plenty of people who have. Um, I know plenty about it, but not something I've experienced personally myself.
3: Yeah. Well, I think it's quite auspicious that it was in the McKittrick because... Um, oh, for sure. The There's a part of that experience where you can get out, mm-hmm. where you can have a rest, mm-hmm. because it's intense. Yeah. Um, and you can take off your mask and you can, you know, chill. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know, mm-hmm. is that, Taking off your mask point because yeah, while you're in amongst it, yeah. you can go straight back to I don't know and kind of recuperate. Yeah.
2: check in. Well, and that's that's the lovely thing I think about the structure of this whole show. <laughs> I would say that happens three or four times in the show, where where yeah. we take a trip to the break room where you can catch your, bre- your breath, where exactly. we can acknowledge that this is a show and like the you know in the live uh, recording they intro every single. Track, they call it, which is so ridiculous that they set up this whole conceit that there are sides and tracks on what exists mostly as a digital album for most people. The metaphor is so many layers deep already, but then to bring it into the real world and perform it, but say those things out loud. And uh, uh, Dave Molloy talks about these in his genius annotations, that they are harking back to the idea of a concept album. Um, Exactly, But that we do want to be at least mildly brechtian in nature and like you're watching a story you're watching people tell you a story and that's the point you're watching people tell you a story about people telling stories about people telling stories and it's stories all the way down
3: totally and that's the thing with any story whatever you take away from it thumbs up great yep have a good night and that's that's it um so speaking of stories shall we delve into the next track shall we go to the camera shop let's go
1: salt in the moonlight and Rose loved a man who lived in the trees. Rose cried to Pearl, hold me tight hold me tight. Rose went to his tree house and looked at the stars through his telescope. She wanted to hold his hand so she wrote him a poem, signed it and sealed it in rice paper envelope the- with a lily The man stole her work. He was the editor of a prestigious astronomy journal. He wrote
3: Wow, dusty in here, isn't it? I don't know how much improv we'll do throughout this, but hey, I've started it. Um,
2: yes, and yes. it is... I need a Swiffer. Sorry, I, it's been a while since I've improved. Um, That's fair.
3: Um, that was a good one. Thank well you. Well done. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so the camera shop, we're now... the the story begins. Yes, um, or
2: and, ends. Who knows?
3: Well, yes, almost, almost. This is the kind of... the the beginning of the end of the...
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe a, a penultimate kind of song if we were just looking at the central plot of the show and not wrapping it in some commentary. Um, yes, sure, sure. But you don't know um, any of that yet because it's the second song of the show.
3: <laughs> exactly. Um, so we meet uh, two of the inverted commas characters. I know, and it's, um,
2: it's so hard because they're going to have a thousand different names throughout the whole thing.
3: Yes, they really, really will. Um, and yeah, we'll get lost during this description. Yeah, you'll get lost during this description. It's fine, but we'll have a great time. It's Gelsey in Britain, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think for the most part, that's what we'll use. Yeah. Um, but you know, well, maybe we should say what each who each I of mean, the characters
2: are. I would vaguely say that Gelsey generally is Pearl, and that's a useful name to give her the entire time and britain generally is rose rose those are good characters to center them around
3: yes um yes but it does tick yes but it does (laughs) change and it's difficult (laughs) it does and
2: there are different roses throughout the story like the you know Exactly. Be- even that becomes problematic, and the whole point is that you don't even like the 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 difficulty we're having in determining the character is the point of the show. Um, yes, or one because it's
3: be- all happening
2: anyway. Britain goes to Gelsey's camera store to get her camera fixed.
3: It, yes, because it got smashed and lost,
2: and it's spooky. Ooh, it is.
3: It, it, you do you kind of begin this sense of eeriness because. Gelsey is fantastic and eerie mm-hmm. as a human, right? <laughs> yes, um, and that's the biggest compliment I could ever get. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Do you know what I mean? She is she is just so interesting. Yeah, um, and uh, the way she presents herself in this is she does have this kind of all knowing, yeah. you know, uh, vendor yes and uh, it, it's, it's, it's a trope it almost. i feel like it happens a quite a lot the, like the, the, the like, all-knowing shop vendor
2: the, the ethereal shopkeeper who knows more than you and like exactly would, you know like everything from the um you know like fortune tellers in the legend of zelda to like christopher walken and click like that yep. kind of like yep. i'll sell you, you your future but make a joke about vacuums um yes
3: yeah, and I think so. That's the kind of thing that's presented very quickly. Yes. Um, and she uh, begins to tell the story.
2: Yes one one of the maybe the one biggest framing the story. Yes, kind of. Yeah, I mean, yes. this, so <laughs> she she tells the story of Rose and Pearl, which I think yes. is useful to call the two sisters' story. Um, yes.
3: And, and also, I think before we go on, um, it's important that this is the first time that this incarnation of Rose Britain um, hears about other incarnations of Rose.
2: Yes, like we. The
3: idea is presented that there's more than one.
2: I would say, I mean, I think, and you know, tell me I'm wrong, but I would say, of the two, Rose leans more protagonist than Pearl. In this story, if we're talking about audience identification as an earmark towards protagonists, you're along.
3: Yeah, you're along for the raid with Rose. Yeah,
2: and so yeah. you, like Rose, don't quite understand this concept at this moment. Um, yep. That Rose. Oh, what a familiar name. Let me tell you about a different Rose who might be the same Rose. Exactly,
3: because when she says it's a beautiful name, mm-hmm. you. It's almost like she's saying, I'm talking about you. Right. Like you you get that vibe. Yeah. It's like You know what I mean?
2: It's like, of course your name is Rose. I get it. Yes, Yes, I know who you are.
3: With that presented, then you do start to put Britain into the story.
2: Right. And and you start to you, you start making assumptions about both these characters. Because at least in the maybe side one and through about half a side two this is a mystery story right you're trying to sort it out i think throughout most of the thing is you're trying to sort it out in your brain which is half the fun of it
3: well three years later
2: yeah right still sorting it out you know what i mean yeah
3: um so we kind of begin the two sisters storyline
2: yes which I would say is the one, it is uh, like almost overtly the one that tours it, t- ties it together in the same way that the Baker story and in Into the Woods ties these yes. stories together. Like, and, not, that's not even a big jump. Like, it is a musical call out in the show itself. Um,
3: exactly, yeah. I mean, there's literally a very, very, very blatant Into
2: the Woods reference. Yeah. Um, you know? But so, ancient. Or old old rose, mythical rose and pearl. Um, what are are at odds? They loved the same, or they both loved the same man. But the man loved Pearl, and Rose wants yep. to get revenge. And the way she yep. wants to get revenge is by having a bear kill the old man and turn Pearl into a bird and trap them together, so that Pearl the bird has to eat the dead man. Yes this is basically the, this is the conceit
3: <laughs> yes um and uh so obviously like it's a, instantly it's a fairy tale right yes um but you get brought into this more uh, kind of electric realm mm-hmm. when gelsey says don't you remember mm-hmm. to me that's an extremely crucial Line.
2: well yeah i mean that theme comes back over and over again is that pearl is trying to get rose to remember all of her exactly histories, exactly know? and this in
3: jimmy's thesis of ghost quartet uh-huh. this is a very crucial crucial thing yeah the idea of remembering yes um and how important
2: that is yeah and and um yeah it'll be fun to explore that with you as we go through um, yeah totally um
3: but yes so we're now we're on the road we've got a, a mission we got a mission we collecting we got a
2: laundry list we need a pot of honey a piece of stardust a secret baptism and a photo of a ghost
3: easy <laughs> away we go easy yeah easy peasy and uh we get to work pretty quickly because yeah flash uh, you actually no wait before we do that we actually get told uh where we're getting everything the whole story is spoiled yeah I mean, track two, uh, the whole thing.
2: Track two, Star Child, or track two. uh, No, at the end of even the camera shop, they say, Um,
3: "Yep, Rose stole the honey from a soldier. Mm -hmm. Uh, She stole the stardust from an ancient." uh, But we get into it for the baby. Um, She stole the baby from its mother Mm -hmm. uh, and took it into the sea, and the child was blessed, which leads us nicely into Star Child. In many ways, uh-huh. this is the song. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, so this is the first song that I went back to. Okay. Right? You know, there's always, anytime you listen to a cash recording,
2: mm.
3: there's always that first one where you're like, I liked that one.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: And you go back there and then that's how you start to start peeling. Like unpacking it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, this is a stunning song. It's a beautiful song. Full stop. This is very much Dave Malloy magic. Yeah. Right? Um, Very simple Mm -hmm. in terms of music. Yeah. Very, very simple. Um, Think Sonya alone.
2: Yes. You know what I mean?
3: Extremely simple, but very poignant and very artistic.
2: And I think it it starts to introduce one of the things that absolutely differentiates this show from Great Comet. Yes. In and many other musicals but certainly great comet has a linear narrative structure and like sony alone is an important character development song in great comet and helps us progress the story along star child we don't we never really meet star child again exactly we don't need to know anything about her and actually I was trying to put it together because I was like going through, you know, trying to piece the plot together in my head and checking off, you know, where does Rose get the four things? We never yes. actually hear about the baptism. Except yeah, it in this She song. took the
3: child in the sea right. and the child was blessed. It,
2: it happens, you know, off stage, off camera, right? This is the only yeah. time we hear about it and then we just assume that it has happened. But this is yeah. setting up, you know, like this is the beauty of the show that like how it lets you delve into these layers even beyond just the uh on the surface level like story within a story within a story but it lets you get into the structure of it all like immediately you know britain's been on stage as you know uh 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 rose she's been
3: three people so far exactly
2: right (laughs) um and and now she's this ridiculous thing that a story was just told about how she needs to go get herself, basically.
3: Yeah, yeah, she, she robs herself. Yeah. Um, so, I loved that you just said we don't meet Child ever again. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you fell right into my trap. <laughs> I, I, I feel
2: the bear trap clutching around my leg. Yep.
3: Yeah. No, I agree with you. Right. Okay. And I think that is so crucial. Yes. Um... To me, Starchild mm-hmm. is, like, the kind of point of the whole <laughs> show. Okay, tell me more. Right? So, well, uh, okay, I'm going to ask you a few questions and things first. Okay. Um, what, and if you're listening at home, answer these in your head and let us know. Um, how does Starchild, mm-hmm. as a song, as a full song, mm-hmm. differ from every single other song and Ghost Quartet,
2: <laughs> my, and
3: just you know, I mean, just do whatever. you know? Do you know
2: what my first thought was? It's uh, unabashedly hopeful, um, where yeah. any, every other song in this show is you know, from mildly to extremely depressive. Um, yes, yes, or have has some kind of tinges of that in its content, yep. in its lyrics. Um, yep, you know, uh, Star Child is like. Uh, you know, it's time to get out of bed and be the star child I can be. Um, Like that deserves to be on a sampler above everyone's bed. Um, Absolutely. It does. And like the concept, you know, <laughs> clearly Dave Malloy also has a, a, among his many obsessions, one with space and stars and the cosmos and yeah. how that relates to humanity and that we are all, you know, we are all stardust or whatever that Carl Sagan's quote is. Um, yeah you know, and like we are all children of the stars. We are all star children. Um, yep. But, but there's a, so we got to live up to that. Right. Yep. Um, and to package all of that thought into it's time to get out of bed and be the star child I can be. What a simple phrase. Yep. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, that's Um, how I would qualify it as being different.
3: Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. And, uh, yeah, unabashedly hopeful. I yeah. think is exactly the kind of dart that we want to take with us as we walk through the story. Yeah, um, because everything that Starchild talks about mm-hmm. never really crops up anywhere else apart from like one or two situations. Yeah. which we'll obviously get to. Um, but it it is. It's hopeful because it's talking about potential yes it's talking about i will yeah um i i will repeat it again and again and again i will is it is a vow
2: yeah it is a vow to to to, to, you know i will become the next best thing i will light myself on fire what what powerful shit
3: like exactly absolutely self-fucking immolation yeah right um you can't do any better but it doesn't it's not like i will light myself on fire commit suicide you don't get that feeling yeah. Yeah. it's very much I will be blaze yeah. I will be I, the phoenix force
2: Absolutely. I love and we're you know this is we're probably five hours out knowing how long this podcast is going to be it, um, yeah I know <laughs> but uh, contrasting this song with prayer at the end of the show and, yeah. and embracing both of them yeah. is like is honestly very deeply moving to me
3: um Um, so star child sticks out like a sore thumb and i think that's that's to me yeah in complete hindsight i think that's why i went back to it because it's the nice one yeah okay it's it's lovely It, it makes you feel happy and empowered yeah there's not anything else in the show that makes you feel like that
2: yeah that's that's fair. I mean, it's, you know, it's the no one else of this show. Like it is the we are it it is okay. We're musical theater scholars. This is Rose's I Want song. If we're going to put this into a more traditional musical theater structure. I think I it is, am rel-
3: I'm reluctant to make it as uh, black and white as I, that. S-
2: certainly I give you I give you that gray area because I don't think this sits into well, I don't know. I hedged that bet. I think lots well, of... Well, I don't show, know. <laughs> right? I think lots of this show is successful because it does leverage that traditional two-act musical theater structure uh, yeah. while being wildly not that. And I think yep. while this is wildly not an I Want song, it serves much of the purpose of an I Want song in a way that the audience doesn't quite know it yet.
3: It, it's, it, well, yeah, I just feel like it's... It's uh it's like the hold on to this coin. Yes. I'll come back to that in a minute.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: It's that and you're holding it. Yeah. Because and you know it's there.
2: Because as we said Starchild the character never never ever 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 comes back. But if Starchild kind of, but yes. Right. Yes. Um but if Starchild is part of Britain's character line and we are assuming that these people are vaguely related in their existence and wants and hopes and dreams and actions. Yeah then her hope to be everything she can be and more is something we is, is why we don't see Rose in like the two sisters timeline as quite a villain. Because there's a potential because there's that potential because you, you have a yeah. sense that she wants to be and do good. Vaguely and generally, and in the most broadest and widest of swaths,
3: but there's an opportunity, yeah, that exists, and we've seen that in Star Tales, and
2: that's that I think is what I mean when I say it like holds that place of an I want song. It it points it it, it points a big arrow and says like Hey, hey, hey! This is the good guy. Not that there are bad guys. (laughs) Not that it's black and white. But like Hey, 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 hey! This one. Watch this one.
3: Yes, kind of. Kind of. I think there's more to Star Child, the character, than just that. Sure. But, um, it, yes. It's it, it's definitely, uh, it has the same feeling that an I Want song gives you. It had, it's the, oh, okay. Yeah. It's the stakes.
2: Yeah. It, it has the same, you know, it feels like something's coming. It feels like purpose. It feels like part of your world. Like,. Yes. It's may not save you know, it doesn't serve the same explicit narrative purpose because this is not an explicitly narrative show. But yep. on like a gut feeling kind of way. yeah. And and is the third song in the show, and most I want songs are the third or fourth song in the show.
3: Exactly. And I think that's very important. It's yeah. very important that we meet Star Child right now. Yeah. Right at the start. Yeah. This is the start of the story. Yeah. Um absolutely. Okay. Uh Subway track four
1: And the driver can, and the no yeah, and a, one, a one, the the driver the the driver has a drink And the victim has a drink And the, the, can, the has a drink And the photographer has a drink
2: uh who w- can we play spets now i say two Six hours? <laughs> no i'm guessing 242
3: well comet was comet was in two parts yeah comet was in two parts and we, was we recorded it four four hours a tony's
2: show in the middle of it
3: did you? Yeah, that's we recorded funny.
2: for like six hours that day.
3: Yeah, we absolutely did. That's funny. I forgot that. Um, yeah, I'm guessing it, at least two and a half. The I listener, mean, I mean, yeah. the
2: listeners will know by now. This is fun placing bets against the future. If only oh, future meek very make fitting time and telling. <laughs> very fitting. Side one, track four. It's, this is a subway. Yes. Okay.
3: So here's a new story. Here's something yeah. new.
2: it's it's, fresh it it like i mean slams in like a subway train um yeah it Um, is the i think the first song in the show that does that everything else leads up to this point leads into itself and it is interesting to see those moments in the show where one song does very well segue into another and where one song just doesn't um and subway comes out of nowhere
3: exactly um so here in the subway um We have all four characters existing um, in this one instance. uh, The driver, the photographer, Pearl, and the pusher.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And Um, I would say, not in this moment, uh because this story is presented non-linearly, but Uh the subway, the concept of this story in this particular moment serves as the climax of this show. emotionally yeah <laughs> yeah like when we um, get when we get there yeah totally and so, i know exactly what
3: you mean and so what is to it to me okay yeah to me it reminds me of inception
2: sure and this is why i think this is fascinating because yeah. if the subway which spoiler alert will come back pretty near the end of side three um yep as kind of this if we're talking a traditional story arc structure As kind of this climax, the first time we're introduced to the subway in that same stereotypical story arc climax holds the point of the inciting incident. But because we're in this cyclical, nonlinear Inception-like structure, they're just the same moment.
3: Exactly. It's all happening at once. Yeah. You this just, has all happened before you like,
2: just the the only thing that changes between experiencing this on tra- as track four side one and then experiencing it later as like side three track four um, yeah. is that you the audience member don't know who any of these people are yet
3: yeah exactly you just you just get told over and over again there's a driver there's a victim there's yeah. a, a pusher and there's a photographer
2: well, and I would also say that the subway of any of the storylines is the one where they are most Um, explicitly didactic about what actually happens yes everything else is kind of seeped in metaphor or has this kind of poetry about it this one is like the driver can't stop the victim can't climb the pusher can't stop and the photographer doesn't help Um, exactly we'll sing it again
3: Yeah, completely like you need it just gets drummed into your head Um, and this is why I think Inception right because if we start to look it's weird because he's never cited Inception
2: yeah, as any of all, sort of, of all things, and I do th- because I think take, there's a,
3: an element of that yeah.
2: I think I do want to take a brief side note because I think this is something that a lot of um, uh, descriptions and analysis of this musical get sidelined in, and I yeah. think is so important. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> Dave Malloy, who is wonderful and has a lot of like deep and beautiful commentary about his own work much of which exists on genius which and certainly yep. had already been linked in the show notes 50 times um, yeah talks a lot about how his life inspirations for certain pieces yes I do think it is important to not confuse the inspiration of certain pieces of a musical with the actual yep. plot of the musical yeah and I think some people put too much uh, weight in the former. Um, uh-huh. Like in the, in the Wikipedia article summary for this thing, um, of the many, the laundry list of things that it lists, that it references, one of the things it yeah. says is it takes inspiration from the video game Zelda. Now, I read that before listening to this. And yeah. as an avid video game music listener, I was like, oh, I'm so excited for this, like... Zelda, the Zelda song. <laughs> song to come in or whatever. But really what they mean is, in a genius annotation, Dave Malloy said the game on the phone that the victim might be playing could kind of be like a boss battle fight from The Legend of Zelda 2 on the NES. Yes. That's not... Great. Awesome. Sure. Yep. But it is not an intentional artistic, you know inspiration that is worth reading into right yep. beyond like the fact that video games exist in the same way that like um you know in the last five years handful after handful of doritos right oh well a dorito is vaguely triangular and could the three points of a dorito <laughs> actually mean like no there's a third person in the relationship oh be? my god right? no no, um, and ah, stop it, stop it, everyone! Uh, I don't like it. I don't want it. <laughs> like just because Dave Malloy said it, like of course it inspired him. It's a part of his life. Of course he drew upon Exactly. It. It's a part of his life. You know, he talks about all sorts of Twilight Zone references, which certainly you can feel the spirit of the Twilight Zone. You, you yeah, can hear it in the the camera shop, but it, it might be an homage, and you don't need to know anything about it to completely and fully understand the show. And I think exactly. people conflate those two different things of importance. Take on the other That's hand, totally which big. we'll get to in a second, but um, the House of Usher, the Edgar Allan Poe short story, clearly yeah. referenced and homaged to in the show, yeah, is different from The Legend of Zelda. Sorry, I got off on a tangent. You were talking about something.
3: That's all right. No, I think it's a very important thing because also... so. I mean, I've read the Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah, it doesn't crack the code for Ghost Quartet. It's not a cipher. No, do you know what I mean? Right. It, sure, it'll help you understand a couple of the jokes. Yeah. Same with Arabian Nights. Yeah. When, do you know what I mean?
2: When the um, you know, the cow is white as milk, the cape is red as blood. Underscore comes in when the bear is listing off his requirements. Yeah. Uh huh. It's it's a reference, but you don't need to know a lick of Into the Woods
3: no. At, no. All. Not at all. at all. And Dave Malloy wouldn't be a good writer if that's what he was doing. Well, and do you know I, what I mean? If he was like, y- this is for the Poe fans.
2: Right. Everyone else, right. bye. I've, I think the difference between, like, until Dave Malloy, and I think I do, I do really mean this, and it's a big sentence to say, but until yeah. Dave Malloy, people, were, people hid their artistic history. They hid yeah. their life experience, the things they drew inspiration from, all of this. Um, because we want to live in a world of originality. And I think uh-huh. Dave Molloy's existence alongside his work and his ease of commenting on it and talking yep. about his inspiration and like where how these things have come out of his brain yeah. ushers in a new era of musical theater artistry. Um, yep, You know, in a... In a way that, like, even in Into the Woods, you know, Sondheim is never like, oh, yes, and here's the deep, deep study we did of different histories of fairy tales to talk about – like, no, because that's not that era of – playwriting and songwriting and yeah, musical theatership, um totally but people because they're used to that old school they think oh well if the author must have said it then it must be a word from god um and like exactly. certainly sometimes it is but the word from god is the text nothing more nothing less yep, yep. anyway the subway
3: <laughs> yes okay <laughs> throw that soapbox away onto <laughs> the tracks um I was talking about Inception. Yes! Yeah. <clears throat> so, and this is, this is just brief, but it will it, kind of come back. Um, as we're going to start deep diving now, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? And we're going to be traveling through time. Yes. Um, and all these, the thing to remember is that everything is happening at once. Right.
2: It's all um, It's all happening at once. And not, I think Inception is a good starting point, but I think unlike inception or even unlike um arabian nights which is explicitly referenced in this show where one of the keys in arabian nights is that it like in the middle of a story someone else will start telling a story and now we're going to experience that story and like it just keeps going linearly deeply yeah the connections between this are not exactly linear in that way
3: no, exactly. It's not like sub uh, subways connected to usher, which is connected to right. It's not like that. it's not. It's, it's not all a- just happening at once. Exactly. It's just, um, but with subway, the reason the reason why I think Inception came in is because subway is one incident. There is one thing happening. Literally, yes. there is the pushing and there's a death, a pushing yes. and a death, and that's all that's going on. When you go into the next level, um, wherever that may be, whether it's two sisters, whether it's usher, yeah. Um you are entering of more of a world yes. there's a bit more of a world here, there are other things going on there's history to understand when you're in subway land mm-hmm. you need to know nothing other than there's a driver, there's a victim, there's a pusher yep. and there's a photographer there's one,
2: one, one point, one peak, one moment
3: that's it Yeah. that's it um, so there you go, one subway Cool, dark and soundless day in the autumn of 1873,
1: my wife and I sat at the bed of our only daughter, Roxy. The
2: Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Side 1 Track 5,
3: Usher Part We're 1. We're almost at an hour. Good. <laughs> even- I thought, like, let's try Side 1 in an hour. Yeah. I think sure.
2: So. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Side 1 Track yes. 5, Usher Part 1.
3: Hooray. Um, okay, so here we meet the Usher family.
2: Of Edgar Allan Poe fame. Mostly. Exactly. I think of, of the references, this is the one that is the most... Uh, is closest to story. It's certainly not the same as. Its yeah, I thought Arabian Nights. I would say,
3: Would yeah, be on the level pegging? Yeah, that's. Um, fair. Yeah, the, I mean the, the characters and their kind of relationship and the uh, spiral. Yes. That they go on and they go through.
2: Yes. Very, you know, and it's very and Certainly, uh, Dave is calling back to this. This, you know poensian feeling of gothic american literature um yeah like can't let go of the motif of the thing Um, yeah useful to like once you start throwing these things in it it starts flipping all these switches in audiences mind in the same way that camera shop did um to be like oh yes 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 ghost story ah yes 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 horror yes yes uh yes, i understand okay eerie eerie spooky creepy
3: exactly ominous Um, um, and it, yeah I think what Usher just adds is, is a sort of Victorian feel to it all which is you know if you're talking about ghost stories if you're talking about um, uh, the spiritual world anything like that Victoriana has to come into it absolutely um, it, it practically invented what we know it as today you know?
2: fall, fall of the House of Usher, Notes version the house is v- vaguely dying with the people who live in it and it's spooky yeah. because of that yes good good yeah, very much like, summary
3: yeah classic Poe of the world is reflecting what's going on inside just Absolutely. classic yes beep,
2: beep, and beep. no one quite Great. knows what's going on and certainly you know sets up a lot of tropes of you know what we might consider like a haunted house trope
3: yes cre-
2: haunted house <laughs> cre- 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 creaky, creaky floors <laughs> spooky things inhabited house yes Yes.
3: hearts in the basement and everything like that um yeah uh in terms of linking it to the story Mm -hmm. um we find out that uh the child that was stolen Mm -hmm. it gets referred to here um
2: is star child is star child britain in this in the usher timeline plays a girl called roxy Um, yes who Also, do you think I thought about uh-huh. this today. Yeah. Roxy Usher? Roxy Usher?
3: I don't know. You're it the sounds... pants on Roxy Usher. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Honestly. Uh it'll be it'll be on Genius before this podcast is over, I'm sure.
3: Yeah, exactly. This has been said. In fact, yeah, I'm gonna go put it up there just so <laughs> nobody conceals this shit. But yeah, <laughs> Dave, if you're listening, surely to God, Roxy Usher, can you, uh, man? Yeah, the pets, ah, the Roxy Usher.
2: It's so, it is so good, and like you know, we refer to him by first name. I've had maybe like three conversations with Dave Malloy. Fantastic guy, loved hanging out with him. Yeah, in the occasions we have, Roxy Usher is one of those things where like you can't imagine that it was unintentional, but also having met Dave Malloy, it might have yeah. been.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Who the Who knows? Who the <laughs> knows? It doesn't matter. It is there, and it works.
2: Oh, man. Uh, it doth work. Isn't that
3: funny, Roxy Usher? Um, I'm
2: now trying to think if she ever says the word pants in the entire show.
3: No, I don't think she does. Oh, that's she a does. shame. There's no other Anything Goes references for <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the show, sadly. Um, maybe that's what it's all about.
2: This is the intro to say? the Usher line. Uh, yeah. It's a, a spooky family Lost their child a long time ago, and they have some f- familial th- struggles. Exactly,
3: um, and Gelsey has an incredible opening speech that just brings. It's again classic Gelsey. I'm s- s- deeply in love with her. Oh, wonderful, um, because she she's the only person that can do it, and it's so. Great,
2: my I love I love this bit in the live recording because it like it is it is spooky and creepy and like intentionally so, and you can hear a couple chuckles from the audience. I imagine because of how uncomfortable it is.
3: Yeah, it is. It it really really is because it's very it's still very intimate. Yeah, that's the thing about Ghost Quartet. It's very intimate.
2: Well, and the the House of Usher, I think, gives us some of the more pure horror bits. If we're talking about, like, specifically horror in the totally, show. Totally,
3: because, yeah, it's that it's like gothic horror yeah, vibe. Like, it's just
2: Camera Shop is spooky. Um, but eerie, yeah. Kind you know, kind of spooky in the same way that, like, Charlie Brown in a ghost outfit is spooky, right?
3: Yeah. Whereas it's just, it's, it's, the hairs stand on end, whereas the horror... Yeah,
2: this is, like, deeply, deeply evil and creepy. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um... So, yes, that is the Usher family. We've met them. We'll come back to them quite shortly.
2: Several times.
3: Yes. Um, Track six. Soldier and Rose. And rose so jimmy this is
2: hi this is my least favorite track on the album
3: i get that i get it i get it um it, it you'll come back to it i don't though it's been 3 days yeah
2: sure <laughs> fair absolutely
3: because i i was i don't want to be the patronizing knob who's like i know i was there too you'll <laughs> everyone has different artistic experiences. But yeah, I used to just be a bit like, I love the tremble, love that. Yeah, it's a pretty song, Um, you know. But it never, I never... And, and, it took me a long time to get it.
2: And there's some metaphorical discussion about, like, a, a, a soldier's, um, you know, appreciation of death and embracing of death and how that relates to being a ghost and whatever the afterlife is in this discussion, which comes back in, like, the tango later on. Like, don't get me wrong. I see connections here. I, yeah. The thing that bothers me, and maybe it's because I'm clinging to the narrative too much, but, like, right. one of the things we need to get is honey. And we're getting honey for a bear. But in this one, we're kind of playing fast and loose about, like, are we getting honey, the, you know, t- sweet liquid that bees make? Or are we getting honey, the metaphor for sex? Um, <laughs> and it's, it's never really explicitly defined either. In either direction, which bothers me. Yeah. And it, we get it so early and kind of of nothing. And it doesn't come back in, like, big meaningful ways i don't know yes
3: yeah no I, I think um of all the objects um this one and i guess the stardust but the stardust uh, is so it, much more of a through line like it means something and it we kinda talk means about more. we
2: talk about stars so much more as the show goes on
3: yes uh-huh um but i think the the pot of honey idea i just feel like you could hardly expect it to just be a pot of honey
2: of course not that it's not that simple of a show of course exactly
3: um so yeah no i i think i think you're totally right like it's it's you know if they had an extra 20 minutes they could probably delve into the soldier's background a bit more or where does he come from where does where like
2: where does rose meet him in sure Her, what sure. universe sure you know yeah and for you know we are there's lots of discussion of what the relationship between rose and uh pearl are as as like meta characters throughout the show and the answer is that they are each other's everything mother and daughter in yeah. both directions sisters in both directions lovers in both directions like they are each other's everything and yep. this is the beginning of seeing a moment where they are lovers which we don't see a lot of throughout the show we see a lot of other relationships um yep. and so like narratively i get why that's important um yeah
3: yeah i think um just to highlight so you can put um thingies in my for my uh Thesis, yes. like little sticky notes. Of course, the sticky notes that we'll put here. Um, we'll take. We'll go right to the end of the song. Yes. After post wooing, um, uh, Gelsey's been wooed. The soldier has been wooed. Yes. Fine with it. She gets what's going on. Um, and uh, she says, "I'm a soldier. I don't believe in anything. But if you're going to steal my honey, please wait until I'm drunk." Mm-hmm. Here's kind of our first i think our first talk of being drunk
2: yeah we do the the camera shop owner offers her whiskey um but that's pretty brief yes, yes.
3: but the the like the idea of, of being alcohol drunk. yeah for sure yep um and it's a very it, it is prevalent throughout the whole show yes um it keeps coming back to a, a negative relationship with alcohol yes it's always it's a very underpinning thing. Well, it's this what I'm going to say is Ghost Quartet isn't an a, an allegory about alcoholism. Sure, I don't think that. I don't think but that it, it talks about the fallback, the indulgence, the sloth.
2: I would I would counter that I think Ghost Quartet talks about the duality of drinking. Because, yeah, completely. because because there's a song later on called uh, "My Four Friends." Um, yeah, like that and you know the discussion of like being empty in both ways being empty ready to receive something but also being empty totally depleted um like i, I get the sense that th- we're seeing this is the first time we're seeing i no i think in this moment we're seeing both sides of that drunkenness both sides of what being drunk could mean i would i would contend in my annotations on your thesis that yeah the soldier you, you could read this in both ways if you're gonna steal my honey the thing that i'm guarding or whatever um yep please wait until i'm drunk either please wait until i'm so stupefied that i don't even care anymore or yep please wait until I have reached this point of euphoria where I at least have something better than this non-feeling that I'm having right now. Um,
3: fascinating. That's fascinating. We're going to think about that. Um, I, as we because go... Because there's, there's lots of word choice that you said there that fits completely into what I think is the core theme yeah. of... Uh, and I've never thought about the alcohol going the other way that's really
2: interesting when I think um, and I you know he's he's kind of open about it but as we see like this in many ways the show is a delve into Dave Malloy's head but lots of yeah. lots of authors talk about this about how you know wanting to or needing to or trying to feel a little drunk before they do their work um, yeah hell we'd buzz. start this podcast by asking each other what we drank at the beginning of it and absolutely that is for sure a double-edged cool edged sword right yeah yeah, like the idea of is it going to stupefy you or make you dumber and all these terrible things that are absolutely real about alcoholism and drunkenness and all these things but also so many artists and wonderful things throughout the ages have felt this need to be drunk or intoxicated to create their art often to the detriment of those around them and like in terrible ways but sometimes not yeah i i we should every time drunk comes up look at it a little bit i i
3: agree um i would say though with soldier mm-hmm. i think it's the negative sure
2: i think I just would, because yes
3: I pre- preface it with i don't believe in anything right this is someone who is at the end of it all right and i think that's why it's a soldier yes
2: yeah at the absolute end of everything and the one thing that's gonna make it a little better is a drink
3: yep 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 um and this, yeah. So this idea of kind of uh, wastedness, mm-hmm. um, the cynicism, uh, very much is a a, a big prevalence of the character. Um, you don't watch Twin Peaks, do you? I do not watch Twin Peaks. Okay. There's a thing. Any of our Twin Peaks fans out there, um, they'll know what I mean when I say Garmin Bosia. Okay. You'll obviously know what I mean <laughs> obviously. by that. Bosia is creamed corn. Gross yep and it is um consumed by the people from the black lodge okay um and what garmin bosia is it, it, in our world mm-hmm. it is represented by creamed corn okay um for them it, it is uh, a manifestation of hate and fear okay. and negativity
2: okay
3: um so it, I, why did i bring that up Drink. It, it flashed into me. Yeah, it is. It's it's the idea of like this thing that you indulge in. That
2: is this embodiment of the evil's not the right word. Uh but evil evil works. Like negativity, badness. Yes. The low. Yeah. Yes. The low. That's a good way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Um and so this battle between choosing the low, choosing the euphoria. Yeah, it, it, we'll we'll meet.
2: Yes, yeah. I mean, absolutely, we will. I think that's half the battle of this show. As we move into right. the end of side one, track seven. My <sighs> God, track seven. Any kind of dead person. And if you
1: could be a dead guy, what kind of dead guy would you be? I'd be a ghost.
0: zombie cause zombies are just good fun. Don't want to be a vampire cause they can't feel the sun. Don't want to be a medical corpse The do would what me wrong. No, I just want to be a ghost and go ooh, 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 all night long.
3: What fun.
2: <laughs> oh, one of my favorite songs in the show. It's so... It's a break. It's perfect and easy and like shows that like if... If Dave Malloy wanted to go out and write a new Anything Goes, like I think he would hate it the whole time, but could do it in a heartbeat. I it'd be interesting, I think, it'd be interesting. Yeah, it just it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's a catchy musical theater song. Any kind of dead person. Um, if you could be any kind of dead person, what would you be? I'd be a ghost. Dun 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 yep. da, dun dun dun. Right. Um, and
3: then who knew there were so many different types of dead people
2: oh it's so it's a nice it's a nice little patter laundry list song ain't it good old-fashioned musical theater patter song
3: a classic yeah um and it nicely relaxes us from the literally one hour of talk that we've exactly well and we've done.
2: as as i said early on like this is this is one of the breaks that you get this is one of the yes. you know you get to take off your mask for a second and embrace, yes. and have this little song they in the live performance they hand out rhythm instruments and everyone gets to play they
3: along do yes that's something that we should talk about what, so, did, what did you yeah, get to that, play that is an amazing thing I didn't get anything the first time okay um, for this one I got a shaker because I pretty much asked for it um, <laughs> in the finale okay come to that um, but yes. It is such a lovely thing, and it's just you know they're they're instantly breaking the fourth wall because until this moment, yes, Dave talks to us, it but it's very much in the I'm a performer talking to you, right? But when they come out and they're giving instruments, they're they're not in character, yeah. at all. Well, they and, are and Dave Gelsey Britton. They're
2: letting you break yeah, your character as invisible audience member too, yeah, which is important, exactly. And, and you know, a Dave Moloy staple like Great Comet does this to great success as well. Um, yep. in appropriately narrative moments where we need to acknowledge that we are a group of people experiencing this story together for a second.
3: Exactly. It's community. It's in, in many ways, that is what theater should be. Oklahoma is doing it right now in circle in the square. Yeah. You're sharing experience together.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like, don't forget it. You know, good, good to have it this early on. Hey, don't forget it. We're all here.
3: Stanislavski is rolling
2: in his grave. (laughs) i do have and i think this is the eternal mystery on the live recording they have at the end of the thing dave goes and that is the end of side one and has some like little spiel about like we need to pick up all the percussion instruments so they don't make any noise and then he has one line where it sounds like one (laughs) lost or like catches up to like hand them and dave goes oh especially that one that's the worst one
3: yeah which one's the worst one I would imagine it's a shaker.
2: Yeah, because
3: shakers are the
2: worst. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? Uh, we're about to we're about to have someone some has, some podcast prop comedy here. Their hand, right, <laughs> right,
3: right. Wherever they do, <laughs> it's it's making even if even if they're just sitting. Yeah, right? I'm gonna cross my legs. We can hear every. every... I'm adjusting myself in the seat. Like, it's in my hands uh-huh. It's going to make sound. Also, this is the Great Comet Shaker. This just is... for...
2: <laughs> Brings back good memories. This is the avant-garde theater piece I'm going to make where everyone has to hold shakers the entire time, but you're told <laughs> not to make noise. And it's all about boring people and seeing how fidgety they get. Um, exactly. We'll do, it'll be the sequel to my uh, communal lighting design number where everyone in the audience gets a flashlight and you get to decide what you want to look at. Um, I love
3: that. Oh, my Christ. Wouldn't that be fun? Freak for that idea. Well done. <laughs> Develop it. Tommy, pick that idea. Nobody else steal that. I'll work on that with you. Um, anyway,
2: any kind of dead yeah. person. Hugely important. Don't get me wrong. We are, like, the, the thesis of the song, if you could be any kind of dead person, what would you be? I'd be a ghost. Um, like, if if we are exploding the library of sci-fi oogie boogie characters that could exist which one do you think is best oh i think it's a ghost and go woo 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 all night long right not hugely in like they're not uh putting a spotlight on it and saying hey 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 this is important but again it's called ghost quartet the punchline of the song is i'd be a ghost there has to be something important about it. um
3: i disagree okay I think this is the one where it's like I have no idea what's going on. You think this is just? Then they the start charm talking song? about ghosts.
2: This is this they is, start talking about
3: ghosts. So it's like, oh, it's ghosts. Ghosts. It. I've the, got it. I've got it. You think
2: this is like the third movement of Balaga, where we're just running around and smashing pictures on each other?
3: Yeah, I think this is the. Because like, do, do you not agree? Like, if you are so confused, which uh-huh. you could easily be, sure, right? Yeah, you're not following. Yeah, here they're talking about ghosts. Yeah that's the thing that is on the poster. Yeah, but
2: that's the thing that's on the poster because this is this concept that Dave Molloy has that there is no English word for, but we're using the word ghost for.
3: Yeah, totally. But I mean, as in, like, I am lost at sea. Yeah. You know I mean? I'm not getting this. This is the thing that stops me from leaving the theatre because I'm not getting it. Sure. This is the one that's like, oh, it's about ghosts.
2: Right, and I can't leave yet because I'm still holding a shaker. But... (laughs) Yeah, that's it. But yes... I, I would wager, and we're only on side one, so we're not quite at thesis-forming time yet. No. But if a conceit of the show is something like, we all exist through the this communal transference of memory and character, which yep. is certainly a theme of this show, and... One of the human ways to explain that ethereal transference is the existence of ghosts, or is the concept of ghosts, or the idea of ghosts, or the human fascination with ghosts, it's important that we say "ghost" 16 times in this song.
3: Yeah, but I think that's as important as it is.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, we rhyme it with toast. Like, don't... Yeah, this is,
3: I think it's just... It's a flagpole.
2: It's a flagpole, but... it. Uh, but... Some of these songs in shows, as I think we'll get to when we talk about our next podcast, uh, podcast show, sometimes you reach these charm songs in shows, and it's just because we needed a tap dance number right now. And it's just yep. because we needed a toe tapper right now. And... I I wanna put my flag in the sand and say like no 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 this is still a little more important than that. If okay. I could be anything I could be a ghost. Okay,
3: music and babies and laughter, and stories and goodness, infinity and luck. I'm confused by the notion that somebody loves me, and drugs make me crazy. And a clairvoyant told me once I've got an old soul. Oh Lord, I wish I could sing like that,
1: but I don't practice enough. Practice. No I don't practice
2: no. Practice practice Side two. Track one. The astronomer. Yes. Okay. And it it works
3: so well. Like in terms of story structuring, mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. This works very well. We're meeting a new character. We're meeting
2: a new character. And it's been this long, we've heard about the astronomer before, <laughs> although his mention yes. might have gone past you because it does go by pretty quickly. Um, exactly but the astronomer ah, in the two sisters story is <laughs> that was lovely thank you ah. is is the antagonist um, right with wobbly he's letters another
3: person end. in the soup
2: he's not a good guy
3: is anyone
2: right sure he's not a good guy in the uh single dimensional telling of this storyline is that fair
3: <laughs> jimmy Trugger. he's made choices he's, he's made, made choices.
2: choices sure that's fair as
3: that's is fair. everyone else in
2: well yeah i get i i i get you i get you i
3: feel you i'm just i'm that wanker who's loath to think of anyone as one-dimensional
2: right well and i mean that's part especially of something of the like this what's that line where it says rose is everyone or rose is just like everyone um, yeah if rose is the same as everybody else so is the astronomer um Absolutely, we're all the same. Our previous, we all have choices. Sure. Our previous introduction but to the astronomer I know what would you mean. have characterized him <laughs> as a protagonist, or as, as an antagonist. Yes. And this is when we meet him.
3: If you're wanting one, pick him. <laughs> right? It's that kind of thing. Sure. Like, if you really, really want an antagonist, you will no. do.
2: I, more, more I mean up to this point, prior to the astronomer. Not that I think he's going to have some big redeeming song at the end like but up until this point until we've met him he fit the role of the antagonist he was the one that started the problem from roses from roses telling of the story we don't know that yet but that's what i mean uh, like did he these are questions you're asking and smirking at me because of things we learn later in the, the-
3: not necessarily not necessarily <sighs> I, I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the, the the meat of it now. But all we know so far about the astronomer is that he loved Gelsey and not Rose.
2: And as an audience, like I'm not saying like no moral judgment on the on the character of the n- non timeline characters in the story. No judgment <laughs> based on like whether or not you agree with these people. In the progression yeah. of Ghost Quartet, the show that we've been watching so far, where yeah. it has been telegraphed to us, as you agreed, that Rose, the ethereal character, is kind of a good guy. That we're told...
3: I didn't say good guy, I said protagonist.
2: Ah, you frustrate me.
3: I choose my words very <laughs> well, Thomas. Because there's no good guys.
2: Fair. But that's not a thing we've learned yet. Right? Right. You're coming at this, and this is what I mean, and this is why I think our opinions are important, dif- importantly different to this, in the same way that you uh-huh, agree uh-huh. with Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd at the end of mm. Act One, right? They're bad guys by the end yeah, of the show. different opinions <laughs> on
3: that as well, um, of all the things. But, uh,
2: yes, we, I totally know what you mean. If you are watching the show for the first time, as intended, At this point. As intended, as all as I always say, all musicals should at their core be created for. For a first-time viewer, someone going into the show not knowing anything. At this uh-huh. point, Rose fits the archetypal characterization of a protagonist. And the astronomer, until we've met him, fits the archetype, archetypal characterization of an antagonist and this is important because of the reversal that you're embodying that we experience later right i think it's important to the story that you're convinced one way at least a little bit before you start going the other way it's why this story is told out of order it's why we haven't met the astronomer yet
3: i just find it really difficult to agree with that okay because when you watch it, yeah, there's nothing archetypal about a, a, him being an antagonist. And like you say, if you've missed it, you just see him right now. Sure, you accept him. You accept him for face value. Sure, fair. And it's Dave Malloy, right? You know, what I mean, he's already had two other roles,
2: right? And has been the guy. And telling he's the you maestro to, of the whole the thing. The guy telling you to tell yourself, turn your cell phone off, which is still a part of the performance, whether you want it to be or not.
3: Yeah. So. You know, I don't think you I do not think you do think of him as the antagonist. Okay. If you went into this blind, I don't think you would.
2: Okay. And that was the end of the podcast.
3: <laughs> and that was the end of the podcast. Part two. Um, if only. If Red? only.
2: No, we've um, got six more hours to go, folks.
3: Yep. Um, okay. Anyway, whoever he may be... <laughs> this is who he is. <laughs> um, he basically, cause this is basically him. Just it's a song about him.
2: Yes. it It, it is a character introduction song at its core, right?
3: Yep. I'm the yep, astronomer. Yep, <laughs> yep. Um, and again, we start to see some of the themes that we're noticing and yes. sticking as, as we go through, um, because he is talking about these wondrous things, mm-hmm. He's an astronomer. He's a man who deals in the cosmos. Right. That is his bailiwick, as Tommy would say.
2: Yes. A- um, and he compares himself by he uh, through uh, negatives, basically that he's not a priest and he's not a monk, but still is saying that, like, in relation to those things, he is an astronomer, and so we are putting. Astronomy and the observation of the stars on this kind of ethereal level. I would wait. Yes, man of science. Yes, man of faith. Man of science. Well, our, but like our
3: first loss reference of the evening. God,
2: um, like
3: akin, <laughs> oh, take note. There is lots coming.
2: I, oh, I'm so excited. Um, like akin to priestliness, he is an astronomer. Yep.
3: Yes, exactly, and it brings it up at the end of the song as well um, that you know, he talks about faith. He has a relationship with faith. Yes. But he's looking at it through a lens. He is an astronomer looking at things through his telescope. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he is like through that and through having that lack of faith um, resigns himself.
2: Yes. Yes to like only knowing so much there is discussion later on as you're right man of science man of faith um about like can you only be sure of the things you've seen yes and an astronomer is it's a it's a perfect metaphor for that is like we're not really sure about all of this until we look at it and even when we do we're only kind of sure of it and we get more and more sure about it but then we discover new and bizarre things that we become more sure about
3: Exactly. Because you would think that a man who deals in stars mm-hmm. can accept something bigger
2: than himself. Yeah. I mean, I I think it is uh, no small coincidence that humanly depictions and ideals of God or otherworldly beings always exist in the sky and above in us. The sky exactly. From, you know, the from, from Roman and Greek mythology through to you know contemporary depictions of the uh Catholic God. Um yep. like it's up there because that's the beyond. That's what we don't know about. Um but astronomy is the thing that seeks to make sense of all that. Exactly. Which is exactly. A, it's a really interesting and important, I think, characterization yep. um, parallel.
3: So I think what we find is that um, by the end of this song, we go along with him for the ride, and then we find out that actually the astronomer is just another person, like I say, in the soup. Yes. He's just another one who's swilling around. Yes. Is aware of this. Yeah. Cool, yeah, that's fantastic over there. CBA.
2: But it is not priestly or godly or otherworldly or has any, you know, clairvoyance. Nope, not at all. Um,
3: and there's lots of the thing that I think is quite important is that there's lots of I wish.
2: Yeah, sure.
3: There's lots of well, he says I wish I could sing like that a lot, um, and that's quite important because it's that's a passive thing. Yeah. Compare that to Star Child.
2: Mm-hmm i will
3: whereas i will yeah. it's a vow yeah i wish is completely different yeah completely different um and i think that's very crucial
2: in why the astronomer is the antagonist and Starchild is the protagonist absolutely
3: <laughs> the, i'll totally give you that Starchild is the protagonist but we'll come back to that we'll come back to that um so yes yeah, that's that is the astronomer great song beautiful song love it Sounds Dave like, Malloy is so cute oh when he man. sings it he, so cute he always
2: he writes the same characters for himself have you noticed this um hold the astronomer yes. up next to Pierre
3: hold the astronomer up next to King Hrothgar and um, Beowulf yeah yeah it's yeah yeah it's he knows he knows where he's doing wrong
2: well uh, sure uh I think more you know you write what you know the best and he, exactly and he does that like this kind of existential quandary mixed with dead dread, uh, dread about the world beyond and what we may or may not know yet ghost quartet right a musical by dave malloy um exactly
3: we're
0: there they don't have computers or any of that shit and everyone's mind is just fine they just hang out in nature all the time only it's better because it's perfect nature with no bugs or humidity. And no bridge. It's not so perfect. It's boring. They figure that out too. So there's like gray days and rain and stuff, which is fine because everyone likes to be a little sad some of the time and watch the rain on the windowsills because they're all soul. And they are all soul. Did you know that Rose is a star child? That's right. She's a freaking star child. So I'm sorry if this is like sad for you, but you're gonna be dead in like 30 years, and even less if you two keep drinking. Like,
1: and and when you meet me
0: over there, you'll see, and you'll think, gosh, that 30 years of being sad was just stupid. Who cares anymore? Because now it's just an eternity of soul and swimming and fruit. So why don't you just shut up? Why don't you just have another fucking drink and shut the fuck up Skip
3: side two, track two. Not skip it. No. Just, I'm pressing skip. We'll talk about it. It's
2: it's mostly recording. it's mostly a scene. It's a scene What?
3: <laughs> Hooray. So yeah, this is the one if you're listening to the studio recording, you won't get this. No, it's
2: gone. You should this and it's worth listening to on the live recording. Um It is. It's a meeting between the Usher family um, about Roxy's imaginary friend, Rose. Names get confusing here.
3: <laughs> yes. Um, Ro- Roxy's imaginary friend, Rose. Yes. Um, to me, <laughs> family meeting. Uh huh. So crucial. So important. To the whole shebang. Oh, yes. Um, because uh, who is Rose?
2: Right, that is the question that this this number calls calls up. Right,
3: it is. Well, from the facts, who is Rose?
2: Right, and is it? And uh, is Roxy different than Rose? I just wanted to get <laughs> that. You want me to answer that? You can't answer. Yes, that. that's uh-huh. the point of the whole show.
3: Well, you can because Roxy is it's Roxy's it's Roxy's imaginary friend, right? Called Rose, who's told her that she is a star child. Right.
2: Yes, because she's Star Child, but also Roxy then ends up embodying Star Child. Like they're all the same person.
3: No, Roxy's daughter is Star Child.
2: <sighs> See, now you're you're pointing at the wall with all the yarns on it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the
3: yes. So yeah star child Mm -hmm. this is this is where this is into the star child world um basically roxy's experience with rose Uh this star child um is that she wants her to cross over yes um to this perfect world of joy and joyness and uh everything's fab but it's not too fab it's not too fab days. still some boring a little bit sad because that's important (laughs) um but it's all soul. Yes. Right. Um, and this to me is like, this is the thing.
2: Yeah. Okay. What do you, this is the world. What do you, what do you mean? Cause I so, have ideas too, but yeah, this
3: is the, this is the, I want, this is the option. This is the choice. Okay. Right. What, Rose, um, what Rose? What this started? This person talking to Roxy from the beyond um, can be whatever you make of it. Uh-huh. But to me, it's like it's the childhood, it's the imagination, it's the spirit, it's the hope, it's it's the last thing in Pandora's box. Yeah, you okay. know what I mean. Yeah, it's the it's the magic of it all that you don't want to lose. And every single person in this show regrets losing
2: fair I think because what's what what's the other half of it as portrayed in this is your mortality right so, uh, that's that's the choice that like Roxy is is portraying to her parents is like, you could go to this world where everything's beautiful. Um, and it's all wonderful and we all exist as soul, or you can continue to live on this earth as your singular person where all you know is who you are. And do you believe that there is this great beyond for lack of a better terminology around it? Uh, huh. um, and you know, like everyone else in the scene, their motivation is like, no, 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 no. That's that's just death. That's that's terrible. It's silly. Yeah. Everything she's talking about.
3: It, you know, what I mean, they say it's silly.
2: Yeah. Um, and like that is, and when we get to hero, I think that becomes the question, right? Um, you know, is like without without saying it from a a surface level reading like uh uh, roxy is advocating suicide here right Uh, through the perspective of her parents yeah yes okay and like she certainly in her brain she's thinking of it as something much greater than that crossing over um you joining the eternal consciousness of the beyond right? And all these terms that we can't quite talk around it. And we've just sat here for a side and a half of music, seeing the crossovers between these beyond. So we're somewhat inclined to believe her, mm-hmm. but also we have our own human experience and these are called into conflict in the existence of yes. this
3: scene. Exactly. I think um, the fact that, that Roxy is young and is looking at it through a young lens mm. um that's kind of why it feels like the death or, you know, I mean, that's the the discrepancy that we're seeing. I think as you get older it becomes a different thing. It's, you know, I mean it gets talked about so much in the real world in fiction. I I think we've talked about it in the podcast before Um, with His Dark Materials, for example um, the idea that you give up your innocence mm-hmm. you lose your innocence and with that goes a whole lot of other stuff yeah and you gain something different but you've lost so
2: you've lost that. something and you can't have both
3: and you can't have both yeah
2: um, what
3: And to me that this is what Ghost Quartet is
2: right well and harkens back to if say you know Starchild is setting us up for this right I will be everything that I can. And so being everything that you can be is crossing over is joining this eternal consciousness and yep. you know not not too many spoilers yet although hopefully you listen to it all together. The yep. question then becomes did the the mega character of Rose do like one get what she wanted and two do what she needed to to get what she wanted.
3: Yep. Um and the idea being that there's always another chance yeah there's always another chance to get into this world to me like what i what i picture when i think about it mm-hmm. is that there's a s- swirling sphere yeah and around it is this other world yeah of the star child yeah
2: well this is i mean and if
3: you can part the veil yeah you can f- jump through
2: this is this is the the fascinating and wonderful part of the show and you know <laughs> i i stumbled upon the verbiage for it earlier but i do think it is appropriate that like ghost is just a word we're using to describe something that we don't have a word for but exactly this entire show is a contemplation about the beyond of human existence yep. d- calling into all sorts of cultural touchstones of how people have approached that before from yep. religion, from exploration of the literal cosmos, from the exploration of horror and the dead, and what happens to the dead, and what do the living do around the dead, and how do our souls continue um, yep, you know like this is the beautiful thing about this show, and we are encountering it only about halfway through, um, yeah, but that like Dave Malloy is engaging in this uh conversation that i think humanity has been having since we've been able to have conscious thought
3: yeah yeah completely it's the it's the beyond yeah it's the beyond and it's how is it i just think the question that it's posing is is it possible to have that yeah in the real world
2: right yeah and the whole scene ends with why don't you just have another fucking drink and shut the fuck up
3: (laughs) exactly what a fellow mouth little child she is
2: well it's more important because it leads us into (laughs) four friends
3: and we will find out all about four friends on site two of this podcast so how are we doing are we are we following along well, we're about an hour and a half in, and I don't know about you all, but uh, that whiskey has made me need a toilet break. So uh, go have a little rest, maybe refill, uh, and then nestle back down uh, for side two for even more ghostly movements. Woo! Etc.